What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Today's episode is Feisty 58. Feisty? Why is it feisty, Matt? Because I'm just, I was loving our feisty conversation before we came on, that's why. Yeah, yeah. The, the people will be uh, not able to listen to that part, but we'll try and continue. <laughs> no, but that's the point, right? Eric and I point. are on opposite sides of the country here. Welcome to our, our new listeners. Uh, hello to our uh, listeners who have been with us um, for the beginning or at least a few weeks. We we catch up all the time. This is yeah. something we've known each other ten years. We plus ten plus yeah. years. We go way back, and we have uh, conversations that we thought people might want to share in. So that's was the impetus for starting this whole thing. And here we are, fifty episodes in. Absolutely, man. Uh, and it's it's so good to catch up. And uh, you know, there, I feel like there's a like a should be a secret private podcast of some of the stuff we don't say on air. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe if we uh, do figure out that Patreon stuff, that'll be a bonus <laughs> so that we know Absolutely. there's at least a, a paywall. Uh, for a some, website. Some a pay- yeah, right. So it <laughs> saves us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but what's, what's new in Vegas, Matt? What's going on? I'm coming off my weekend, so I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling yeah. refreshed. Uh, we had the six year anniversary. Did you see some of the content that dropped? I saw a couple of the little docs that you put together. Yeah. You were saying you were going to release those and, uh, yes. I, I was impressed. It looks like you, did you edit them all yourself? And uh, I did. Yeah. 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 It looks good. That was fun. Yeah. Did you enjoy seeing the backstage team and stuff? I know, you know, some of the people, so yeah. And some of them I was meeting for the first time through the video, which was nice. Right. Uh, but, uh, I mean, what really made me laugh was, um, well, Ted's, uh, Ted's video content where he was just pointing out how many Matt Francos he sees on the way to work. Right, right. <laughs> Ted Ted made another funny one that he submitted, and uh, that'll be dropping right around the same time as this episode. So part three will be the last one for the six-year party. But um, yeah, I had fun putting those together, and I, mm-hmm. I dropped them on Instagram. So it gives people a little behind the scenes on what it's like backstage at the show and so on. And you know, that's what's going on with us. We're, we're excited about the six years. We're excited about, uh, you know, the five years-ish that we have ahead of us, too. So that's what's going on here in Vegas. What's going on in New York? Well, I know you've been living life for absolutely. this whole cast thing. Well, before we move on, I just wanted to shout out to also uh, Matt, Matt Green, who uh, doesn't seem to know what he does for your show. and was just listing all of these jobs from, you know, when he was first brought in to work on, you know, the video stuff and then on Illusion and then... He's lighting and just <laughs> kind of just every odd job around your theater. I don't think anyone knows what Matt Green does. We're just thankful that he does it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really is good at so many different things. Did you know he was part of the rocket launch? Did we talk about yeah, that last week? Yeah, that's crazy. We did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he seems like the just general fixer. Like he comes in with whatever problem needs to be solved. He just finds a solution for. If it involves tech, 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent, but I mean, even creative stuff as well. I mean, it's it's really, it's it's really something. His his breadth of knowledge is a force to be reckoned with for sure. So we're we're just happy to have him, even though we don't really know exactly what he does. <laughs> well, we recommend if you're getting into showbiz and need a team, find a Matt Green type that could just cover a lot of bases. Right? Yeah, you put that on the uh, just put that on like the job 
searching yeah. thing. What do you yeah. call that? The job posting? What is that? <laughs> the listing. Listing a job listing, just like searching for a Matt Green type. Yeah, exactly. U- Skills necessary. Player. Yeah, Matt Green. <laughs> uh, look at this uh, beautiful segue. Speaking of greens, uh, <laughs> whoa! Um, I had a fun playing. Uh, I-, I was around. Uh, again, as things are ramping up for me uh, into the college season with a lot of gigs coming up, I still have had some downtime. So as the city's opening up, I'm just trying to do as many things as possible to enjoy the city of what, what's out to do outside of my, you know, apartment. Uh, so, uh, speaking of greens, I played Pixar mini golf this past weekend. Uh, oh, I saw some of this on Instagram as well. Yes, and exactly. So this is a, uh, I guess it started in like Australia, but they're like touring this around and it's 18 holes of Pixar-themed mini golf. Pixar Putt is the name of it. Uh, down in the the Battery Park area, I think through like Halloween. Uh, if if you're in New York, you want to check it out. It's real fun. Uh, but they the just the design of these holes are pretty amazing. Like <laughs> the the best one I think was so fun. Is you, you, did you ever see the movie Up, Matt? No. Do you know what Up is? The movie. I do. I use one of the songs in my show. <laughs> okay, that's why you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh well you know it's a house that floats so the i didn't whole- know that no nope the whole premise of the movie is uh carl i think that's his name is trying to move his actual house uh so he gets all of these balloons and he floats it <laughs> floats the physical house so the hole was inspired by the movie of course so you hit the ball into the house and then they have an employee literally cranking this house up <laughs> until it gets to the falls. And then at the top of the falls, it kind of shoots the ball out. And I happened to get a hole in one on that one. So, <laughs> well, I watched <laughs> the video. The bonus. Yes. I saw the video of what you're referring to. And I have a question. Well, mm-hmm. let me give you a couple things. Number one, I'm extremely jealous. We don't have outdoor mini golf in Vegas. No outdoor? No outdoor Which just means we don't have mini golf. If there's an indoor one, I haven't done it. I don't know. <laughs> there's what I'm saying golf. is there's a... There's an opportunity to be made here. I mean, can you? I feel like it would do really well, even if it was like on the outskirts in like a Henderson or a Sumlin, or or never mind if it was near the Strip, where tourists could actually you know easily make their way to it. I feel like mini golf here would do really well. You could have misters and shaded areas, and I think it would work really well even in the hot summer. Right. That's number one. <laughs> okay. Good. However, I'm not going to be the one to take that risk. No. <laughs> <laughs> number two, um, I wondered, and maybe it's just because I haven't seen the movie, but like the magician in me really didn't want to be seeing the guy cranking the house up. So there's like a rope with a little house attached to it. And you see this guy basically like using a crank to manually hoist the house up. Yes. Is that relevant to the movie or could he have been skirted somehow? Uh, I'm pretty sure this is my theory on it. I think normally, uh, the players themselves would have operated the crank because a lot of mini golf is like do it yourself and reset stuff. So I think they just hired an employee since it was kind of packed. (laughs) So to like, you know, let every person crank it and take all that time, especially since it's the last hole, you know, that would just kind of cause a log jam. Is it possible it's a COVID thing too? Everyone touching it maybe? Right. That too. Mm. is a, That is changes one. it if it's an interactive experience and you get yeah. to like watch the person you're with doing it or you're doing it yourself. But right. um, yeah, I wondered, I was like, oh, I wonder if this could like, cause then it, like once he hoisted it up, he had to also sort of guide it to like where it needed to land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, 
I feel like there's a way this could have been done to like look seamless, but hey, I'm just a dreamer. Yeah, it was a cool concept, and again, they're just taking these themes from the movies and everything like that. Uh, and it's uh, I I decided to go on a weekend because they're doing like adults only putt putt too. So like I had an adults only, so there wasn't like little kids running around like during the day. So they have specific times after dark that are like just for the adults. It's not like dirtier or anything like that. that because <laughs> <but it's> <laughs> that I think that would go against the Pixar brand, to be honest. Uh, but it was now a, we're talking Vegas mini golf. There, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you still get all the, the pitfalls of regular mini golf. If you're stuck behind a large group that, uh, is taking their sweet, sweet time. And then four groups behind them are just waiting for them to finish so they can move I think, on. But, I think you just came up with another get rich quick scheme. What is that? Adult mini golf in Las Vegas. All right. I'm sure there's lots of innuendos with balls and holes. Right. <laughs> <you> <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. You couldn't just accept the idea on the surface. <laughs> I mean, I'm just yes ending you, Matt. <laughs> if this is true, what else is true? <laughs> oh, or you could just man. at least I mean you could have you could have um different uh holes for different like famous Vegas acts. That would be fun. Like you could have a Matt Franco hole and you could have like you know uh you know what's the like the the bally's you know showgirls show one so you've immediately written off the dirty idea yeah after you said balls and holes you're like that's it no not necessarily (laughs) (laughs) it can't all be part of it can it i guess it could maybe maybe who knows i guess it could yeah why yeah anywho i think it's a good get rich quick scheme mini golf in vegas and if you want to make it a an adults course I think it would attract. That's just that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm leaving that nugget here for someone to take it and run with it, and I'll be a customer. Yeah, at least have like alcohol you can serve while doing mini golf. Because yes, that, that would be. I mean, that's Vegas in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> some have that though. Did the one you went to have that? No, not this no. one. No. But you've been to some that do. Um, not that I can think of. Maybe. Hmm. Gotcha. Maybe. Okay. So uh, that was just one of the events I did. Uh, he also went to, I know we talked about last week, the Van Gogh exhibit. We went to the other Van Gogh exhibit. <laughs> There's two in New York happening simultaneously. And and I do feel like our phones are listening to us because right after we recorded last week talking about Van Gogh, I'm getting ads now oh, on funny. my phone on social media about these Van Gogh exhibits in New York. I'm in Vegas. What's happening? There you go. It's also because I tagged you in some posts and uh, we did get a very famous follower after that when... Um, Vincent Van Gogh himself, his Instagram, uh, <laughs> despite being dead, is following us. So, uh, I, I mean, who says seances and reaching the other side isn't possible? It is through social media. <laughs> he could be listening right now. That's hard to do with one ear, but maybe. <laughs> uh, it's easier than with no ears. What do you mean? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I think... I don't. I think if you're in New York, you either do one or the other. Uh, the one we happened to do this week was like the official one that was touring around the world, and the one we had done last week, I think, was like someone saw that and it's like we could do that too, and kind of created their own. 
Uh, and there was definitely, so I think we're one of the few groups of friends who can actually tell people what the differences are between the two, which is right, interesting. Right. Uh, but like basically this touring one is many multiple rooms of these giant screen projections. And that's pretty much the exhibit. It's mostly just that. And you're sitting and you're watching this long movie play. The animations are very, very cool. And a lot of paintings that weren't featured in the other exhibit were in this one. So it was nice to see. And it was kind of full display. And there was a fun little like um, second level that you could walk up some stairs and get a different perspective. And a lot of like shiny metal sculptures that were reflecting things off of it. And then as soon as that's done, you kind of just go into the, um, you know, exit through the gift shop. And their gift shop was huge and glorious. And it had, you know, a couple other little smaller interactive exhibits there. Like there was a thing you could watch on your phone that was like AR. And you could like put your phone up to a an ink, like a, a swath, swath, swath of paint, swatch, swatch, swatch of paint. <laughs> and um you could see like how he used those colors and they transformed into one of his famous paintings. And you could even uh, write a digital letter to Vincent Van Gogh himself and he would write you back. Yeah, I'll just send him a DM. <laughs> yeah, just on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, being, uh, I know, uh, fascinated by music, there was this little station that kind of talked a little bit about his um, synesthesia or like he would hear color kind of. So oh, they okay. had uh, like a little round thing where different um, booths of different colors. And when you stood in them, you heard a different pitch to kind of simulate what he, he heard. So, And you, this is a touring one, you said? Supposedly. I don't, yeah, I don't know how permanent it is here in New York right now, but I'm sure it'll go elsewhere if it, if it moves. So, so there, if it moves. I'm just saying, so there's a chance this pops up in a town near you for people listening. Yeah. Yeah, probably one of the major cities and stuff like that. So. Check it That's out. Cool. It's very cool. Uh, what I liked about the the first one we did was there's a little bit more of like an exhibit about his life before you saw the big projection stuff. So you got to more of a sense of who Van Gogh is. Uh, so there was elements of both that I wish they kind of just combined into one. It's like, why don't you work together for one project rather than like fight each other and compete? So, uh, but whatever. We're, I'm glad I did both. And I might go and see the actual Starry Night, uh, which is at MoMA here in New York, just to like have a nice little cap to the uh, this experience. Really going heavy into the Van Gogh lately. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, you know, why not? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? I mean, I have a lot to talk about of just let's, like... Let's, I mean, well, you have... Yeah, it is a fairly long list. I want to yeah, first talk around. about... I would love to jump to the movie that you saw. It was like a movie on the lawn or something. Yes. Uh, we've been doing some, again, just trying to take advantage of New York life and going outside and doing things. Uh, went and saw Her When Harry Met Sally playing in the park uh, on the lawn. And it was a, a lot of fun because I've known the, 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 like the major moments, but I don't think I ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end before. Uh, so. I'm going to. Um, I'm, I like Billy Crystal. Mm -hmm. And who is the lead opposite Billy Crystal? Meg Ryan. What's her? Who? Meg Ryan. Is it really? Yes. I couldn't tell from your video. You know, I was like, it looked like Goldie Hawn to me. No, no. Okay. Very famous. Uh, yeah, I captured. No, I know who Meg Ryan is, kind of. I just captured <laughs> the uh, the famous scene where she's in the diner and kind of, uh, you know, faking it for Billy Crystal. <laughs> and then Rob Reiner, the director, gives his mom the famous line, I'll have what she's having. 
uh, which oh. is so, so funny. So I had to capture that, which is like one of the m- most classic movie moments that people uh, remember from that movie. So it was fun. I was surprised. I mean, it gets pretty raunchy, especially with the subject matter of just being out and open in the park. <laughs> so, right, right. But. I, I saw a movie this week that might be from the same era-ish. It was, um, I think it was called The House Sitter, and Goldie Hawn was in it, which is why I was asking you, like, <laughs> oh, oh, what that- is that movie you're watching? And and the co-star was Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. I know. I don't think I've seen it, but I, I know the mo- know of it. So. See, that yeah. movie's right up my alley. Yeah. I recommend it. I enjoy movies sort of in that vein, and I feel like Harry Met Sally is in that same vein. When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a breathing. <laughs> a breathing? Did you just abbreviate yeah. a breathing? <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I was also at sort of an outdoor mall yesterday, and there's a cinema at that um, mall. And I, there were only it's like a small one. There are only three movies playing. One of them is Jungle Cruise. Um, sounds like you may have seen that. Yeah, I took the ferry to the movie theater and the ferry back, so I had my own little cruise. To I saw your cruise. ferry rides. Yeah. You've really been active I've on the stories. Trying to get out, yeah. No, but even on to... even with sharing it, you've been pretty active on there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I'm gonna do something fun, I might as well let other people in on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this whole podcast podcast started. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um. I couldn't. I can't go see that one because it's it's uh, fictional. It's it's sci-fi. It's supernatural. Wait, wait, wait. First, you started with fictional, and I was like, I'm pretty sure mo- a lot of movies are fictional. <laughs> well, there's a difference between fiction and realistic fiction. There's there's a small supernatural element, but not much. It, did you? I can't do it. Did you ever watch the pirates movies? Um. Unfortunately, I have been subjected to some of them. Tiana loves them. Whoa. So Tiana's going to love this movie. Uh, because really? It, I think it's like, um, like I didn't know about the supernatural element, uh, and I won't go into it too much because it's kind of a sort of a surprise towards the end. But uh, <laughs> It's in the description that there is oh, okay. a supernatural element. So. Okay, so it's not a surprise. But it's it reminded me of that like Indiana Jones kind of adventure like even – even like, uh, I don't know, like a national treasure kind of that adventure style, but then mixed with some of the supernatural elements of like pirates that are in there. So I think Tiana's going to have a blast. And you might like it just because The Rock is very charismatic and uh, the, because of the Jungle Cruise ride that is based off of the, the skippers that do the, the ride are, are have this long narrative. And I, I we have a performer friend, um, um, uh, Johnny Zavant, uh, in uh, the Chicago area, he used to do his sound checks with the Jungle Cruise script because he used to uh, work there at Disney World. So every time he did his, you know, sound check for whatever show, he would just go through the thing. But there, uh, there's a ton of puns, and uh, in the movie, they capture a lot of the like The Rock is just telling all these puns throughout to a lot of his groaning passengers, which I think you'll like that part at least. Yeah, I, I haven't done the ride. So I don't, I'm not familiar with that, but Tiana told me it is a ride. Mm -hmm. Um, And sidebar for a second, do you have like a special sound check script that you go through when you're getting ready to do a show and you go on stage and you check in your microphone? Some people say like, I don't know, for the lack of better example, the ABCs or a script they had when they worked at a theme park or whatever. Do you have anything? Um, I tend to do um, just kind of like counting up and down. 
But yeah, then the, my one go-to, because it just helps with my mind and memory, and is it, I guess it shows off a little bit, but uh, I do the alphabet backwards. Oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. So it's just I do the alphabet going forward, and then without that expecting, I just go like Z, Y, X, W, V, U, T, S, R, Q, P, O. Oh, I already messed it up. I went too fast. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Q, P, O, N, M, L, K, J, H, G, F, E, D, C, B, A. Woo, did it. <laughs> Yeah, that's good because you can get through it fairly quickly. Like my go-to, if like the sound person still needs like me to keep talking, is to say the uh, fifty states in alphabetical order, which is a little too long. Do you know the states in alphabetical order? Indeed, I know it from the song that we learned in like. So you do know it then? I don't know if I could do it all. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana. Wow. That's enough, right? Nebraska, yeah. Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio. Well, you got to finish now. How Oklahoma, Oregon, left? Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. See, you didn't even stumble like I did, and I only had 26. <laughs> you know, I did, I did though, because I made, a, I made a cardinal mistake. If you live in Nevada... You got to say Nevada. Oh, you said Nevada. Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you originally learned it, probably, right? Yeah, Yeah. in the song. In the song, like you said, in elementary school. That's what inspired me to to learn it um, Mm -hmm. as well. But um, I do think it's an important thing, like, at least for me, during sound checks. I emphasize the number six a lot. Six, because um, there's there's a hiss. There's a, Mm -hmm. uh, in the X, with the S and the X in the word six, six, seven, you're, six, seven. I say those over and over. You're literally just testing our recording setup right now <laughs> for the podcast. So if this does not come across well, uh, blame Matt for doing a sound check for this podcast right now. <laughs> that's that's true. The six and seven will um, emphasize any extra hiss that's happening in the mic that shouldn't be there. Now, if that's the case, though, do you think you could just you know, skip the middleman and just bring a snake to test your mic. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a diva, that's what I would do. <laughs> just be like in your rider. Matt needs a snake. Absolutely. <laughs> Why? In parentheses for sound check only. <laughs> yeah, just you just I just picture you holding a snake by its neck. Do snakes have neck or is it all one neck? It's all a neck. <laughs> And then just holding it up to the mic you're using, but like the lav mic, so it's like coming <laughs> the countryman, like right by your mouth, and you're just like next to it, and it's going. <laughs> and they're like, "That's great. The snake sounds great, but Matt, the whole point of a sound check is for you to sound good. <laughs> so you've got to try it." That's great. I'll ask Matt Green if it's doable. <laughs> or you can wear it like Britney style, like with a big boa around your neck. Yeah, and then then it'll, its face could end up right by the lav mic anyways. Yeah, all right. We're on to this. Money-making ideas. We've got adult Vegas putt-putt and the, <laughs> the snake sound checker. <laughs> we should talk about some magic. If Probably. you insist. Uh, only if you insist. Yeah, uh, we uh, uh, a lot of magic on TV right now with AGT is back after the Olympics. So they went st- yeah. straight from the um, the audition rounds and into during the quarterfinals now, Matt. Well, let me say, first of all, um, I just found out about the wild card thing this week. Um, I had no clue. So- I didn't know that they're doing wild card on Peacock. I don't know if people even know about Peacock. 
Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you guess you just vote by tweeting? But yeah. Yeah, I don't know how these six acts ended up as wild cards, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, Patrick, I think, had such a strong audition. I was surprised to see him in the wild card. But sometimes people... Patrick Kuhn. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Kuhn. Sometimes people end up in a wild, in like an extra round like that because they have material. <laughs> right, exactly. They just want to showcase them more. So they're right. like, how do we get an extra round out of them? That's interesting. So as this is airing, though, um, we'll find out tonight which wild card goes through. Oh. So I saw Patrick in Vegas just a few days before he recorded. Oh, funny. So I really got a, um, got together just for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, Was he picking your brain about the whole AGT experience and figuring A little bit. Out that, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, there were just a few of us uh, that, that got together and were kind of talking about what, what he had planned, if he makes it to the live rounds and so on, and what he was thinking about doing for this um, wild card round. And just kind of, it brought me right back, getting a feel for how much stress he's going through right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of pressure, a lot of that, like, getting things approved and how to make yes. things play bigger, always wanting to play bigger. And this is someone who has done lots of television, not necessarily here in the States, but internationally. Right. He's done quite a bit of TV. And even for him, this is a, a stressful thing. I I... I you really platform. can't undersell what it's like to yeah. be, you know, be part of that huge beast, part of that show. It's a, it's an amazing process, but it is very stressful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and, and you can che- check out if you didn't know he was performing on Peacock. You can see. I mean, it's also probably on YouTube. Uh, it is on YouTube. Yeah. I checked because I didn't know how to sign into Peacock when it was like swipe <laughs> up to watch. When he posted that, I was like, I was excited to see it because he had told yeah. me about what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. He told me that it went well. Um, anyway, you want to do a little recap uh, in case people, yeah. uh, if you want to see it yourself, we'll have you skip ahead past our little AGT recaps here. Uh, but uh, he he did a uh, an ace assembly, which was uh, smart because he used the signed cards from the first round, and using signed cards for an ace assembly just makes that trick much harder to accomplish. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what did you think? Um, I loved it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, when I had spoken to him, I didn't think it needed the kicker at the end of Terry also signing a card, and then I was proven wrong because it was like super strong and visual springing the cards. There was a frame that had four pictures of the judges and framed like behind glass, and uh, essentially those pictures changed places with the four signed aces. Right, right. That was really cool. And I, it did make sense to have Terry sign a card because he was, you know, the fifth celebrity on the show, even though he's not a judge. And he had the other four celebrities' cards. Right. Uh, so it was nice. And also, it's weird because, like, in these um, wild card rounds, the judges don't seem to even be there. So he was only interacting with Terry. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, that was smart to include him and get him involved and have him sign a card and then do something super magical with it to make it appear in the frame with everyone else. Yeah, it really did work well. Um, it was great. Yeah, kudos. So we find out uh, I may, if you can still vote. No, I think people not. can still vote up until today, but I don't know. It's only so on this, Twitter, I think. Yeah, so this will come out after the voting is probably closed. Oh, and fun yeah. fact. Ready for this one? Yeah. If you watch Patrick's clip, mm-hmm. you might notice his set design looks familiar. <laughs> oh, is that because you, uh, someone from your team designed that set? 
there there was uh well you know how there's like library music like you can watch some of your acts on agt and then watch some of mine and you might they might sound familiar in terms of background music yeah how did you get that idea to choose those those music matt because i definitely picked out certain songs i was like this will be good and you're like i think that'll also be good for me well here's the thing it it, was it is we both still use it don't we Uh, i think so yeah (laughs) um well here's the thing people wonder how those libraries come to be Mm -hmm. so like i i I think it was very last season last summer around this time when i had gone on the show they had designed uh a certain like card background it's designed in another country um yeah, I don't know why that's relevant, but there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for more there. <laughs> yeah, no. There's my point is there's just a team of people. There's a company yeah, that produces yeah, yeah. this stuff, but it was designed for the act last year, and then it was recycled. Part of it was uh, recycled for Patrick's design, and go. I just thought that was kind of a fun fact. It that might look fun. familiar. That is fun. Anywho. That's great. So we wish Patrick luck. But there was also uh, in the quarterfinals themselves, and it's already been revealed because they do the results right after, uh, but they had two other magic-related acts. They had Matt Johnson, the escape artist, who did you see him perform at all? That one I haven't seen, but I saw him on World's Best, I think. Sure, yeah. He's done a bunch of TV stuff as well. Uh, He basically is on a board and he's got like a couple little planks of wood above him in like little increments. And hanging above the wood is a chainsaw that's strapped to a cord. And the cord is attached to a bucket of sand. And he's locked in chains on this little, you know, bed. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I have to pick the locks. Uh, as the sand leaves the bucket, it'll slowly lower the chainsaw through the planks of wood towards my skull wow it was a pretty intense setup uh he was successful he got to that last plank and was able to slide down and get that last restraint around his neck uh i didn't see what the judges comments were but they all looked freaked out uh, but it looks like he unfortunately didn't go through to the next round so uh, oh it's like what what are you gonna do (laughs) you're putting your life on the line (laughs) how many go through do you know oh i i don't know all the numbers no Mm mm-hmm you you had like the toughest season on the Olympic year because only like four acts or three acts went through each each week. Whereas yeah. when I was on, it yeah. was like six. Yeah, it was tricky. And yeah, you had like a top ten round and then like a top five round and then a top three round and then a top. <laughs> 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 it was yeah, it was it was funny because we went straight from semifinals to finals and only like six acts got into the finals. Yeah, I just I remember it was like three or four out of twelve that would yeah. go through on your season, yeah. whereas like when six go through out of twelve per week, it's yeah. half. Right. You know, so it's a big difference. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 tough just to go through. But uh, I mean, again, it depends on why you're doing it, and if you can have a memorable act and you're getting the TV credit, that's that's worth it, right? For any of these acts that make it to the live rounds, I think that's the benchmark for most of these. Is you want to get to the live rounds. Yeah, I mean, if if you can, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity. Um, Dustin was another magic act. Yep, we talked about Duff, Dustin Tavella in the past, uh, but he came back and uh, incorporated a story about his life and how things get kind of mixed up and you can make sense out of them if you look at it the right way. And he performed uh, kind of a prediction effect. He had a he had a picture book that was looked like it was custom made that had the judges in it. 
And uh, as he flips through, uh, uh, first he put a deck of cards into like a big Tupperware thing and uh, how he shook it up and they were all mixed up and he kind of spread them out and flipping through the pages of the book, it said, you know, so many cards will be, I, I was probably like, you know, 10 cards will be face up and uh, eight of those will be clubs and all of those things in the book match the exact order of the deck and how they were randomly mixed. Yes. Then he had some kicker endings uh, where he uh, it was supposed to be all hearts, but there was like one card, the 10 of diamonds that wasn't a heart. And he was like, it looks like he made a mistake and he wheels out his, uh, I guess he has, has another adopted child. <laughs> uh, I didn't see his video package. So I was like, Oh, his first act was all about his first adopted child, but now suddenly there's two. Uh, but I'm sure they explained that in his video package. Uh, right. but, uh, but they were wearing shirts that say, look under your seats. And then everyone in the audience had little boards that they held up and they all said, except the 10 of diamonds to show he was right the whole time. And then he ripped out the pages of the book and he showed that the numbers, the eight and the 10 and the 21 all were to that date that he performed. Uh, the the actual August tenth. So, I like the whole tableau of what it looked like, and um, his style was good. And I like you know that that vein of magic where you're sort of blending story and effect, and a smaller element that's intimate, and a larger element where the whole audience is discovering something under their chair. I mean, it's all yeah, uh, very much in the vein of the type of magic that I I kind of enjoy presenting. And, and and even watching to a point. So yeah. yeah, and what I found interesting is to make a trick like that where it's kind of like I've predicted an order of a deck of cards, how to make that play big for television and incorporating, like you said, the under the seats and holding, having everyone hold something up and even having that storybook element. I just loved uh, Howie's reaction to that because he was trying to match his cartoon character's expression the whole time. Of course time. he was. So that... I, I don't know if that took away from the uh, the impact and the power that Dustin was trying to like convey with the storytelling element, but uh, it was fun to watch as an audience member to see how we kind of just be more focused on him as a cartoon. <laughs> it might mean that Howie felt that it needed that comedic relief. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Because he's got great showbiz instincts, Howie Mandel. Is there anyone mm-hmm. better than Howie Mandel ever? I think that they should have used his um, his uh, like Bobby's World character in the book <laughs> from this like original Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> his Bobby's World book. character. I can't remember yeah, what's who his it name? was. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those riddles. It's like who's you know so and so's sisters are named this, and it's always the so and so. I think we did that one on a past riddle. Uh, Maybe it's like Bobby's. It's like who's buried in Grant's tomb? <laughs> you know that, that right, thing, right. Those old riddles, but. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how many people, uh, you know, still recognize Howie Mandel from his Bobby's World. You know, when he does his stand-up shows, people get so excited when he does the voice. Yeah, it's great. It's, and he had does. a voice in the Gremlins or something. I believe he was Gizmo. Which is the same voice, right? <laughs> Essentially. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he jokes about that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, I guess uh, Dustin did go through, so we'll see more from him. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, good luck to all the other magic acts that are probably Any of these three guys up. get the potential to win, Eric Diddleman. Any of these three guys get the potential to win? Well, not the guy who already got eliminated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mind reader. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to see the next uh, couple of weeks and seeing the magic acts on that, and I'm sure we'll discuss those as they pop up.
Well, that's true because there are there is more magic. I mean, there were right. already two on this first one plus a wild card. So like, yeah, yeah, it's quite a few. Yeah, I think and there'll I think be at least be one per the next three quarterfinal rounds or so. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, we'll, so we'll see. Good luck to to Patrick and Dustin. Yes, absolutely. And because we were just talking about riddles, let's get into diddle me this. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. I've got a tough one for you. Um, it's it's more of a logic one, so you're gonna have to work this one out. Uh, but I believe in you because I think you did all right on the other logic ones we did. But here we go. There are eight pills. All are the same size and color. One pill weighs slightly more and is poisonous. You have a balanced scale and can only use it twice. How do you find the poison pill? Do you need that one more time? I don't think so. You got the premise, and you know the balance scales. It's like the you know it's the justice scales essentially, where it's you can mm-hmm. put two two sides, and if it's balanced, it's level, and not. Yeah. Like, but it's tricky because there's there's eight pills, and only one is poisonous, and you got to tell basically by weight because they look exactly the same size and color. So y- how do you use the scale twice to figure this out? <laughs> and there are eight pills total, and only one is heavy. Yes. Hmm. This is uh, similar in the vein of the uh, light bulb uh, one we did a while back. If you want to listen to that logic puzzle uh, way back when. Uh, but there's You can a- just guess which episode. Just pick one at random and you can find it. <laughs> yeah. We'll maybe have a, uh, a directory or index at some point. <laughs> if someone, if one of our listeners wants to do that for us, that would save us a lot of time. <laughs> I know podcasts do that, right? But like, yeah. have you ever once used a directory for a podcast? Um, personally, I wonder no. how much use they get. Yeah, I wonder how much use. I'm sure they people get. use it though. If they, yeah, because I know there's like stats and stuff, and people like, uh, you know, for some other like trivia based uh podcasts, they gotcha. have like who, who's the all time leader and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right, right. Um, I'm th- I'm leaning towards taking half and half, putting four on one side and four on the other, and then one of those sides is going to be heavier. Correct. And I can only weigh things twice, right? Yeah, so you only got one more to go. So that's yeah. not going to work because so now you can't I know. Do four and four, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now, okay, I know it's in this group mm-hmm. of four. Then I could do two and two, but then I still don't know which one of the, la- the two it is. Correct. So, so if I switch That's a it good up, way to think about it first is what, what's the way, and this, again, this is why I love these types of riddles is because we can take some of these knowledge of how we want to, you know, create an effect in the magic world and see, okay, this is how I would think to do it first. And then you hit a stumbling block and then you're like, oh, I got to go back to the beginning and see if I could rework that to get that desired effect. So that's exactly the thought process you're doing right now. So you found out a way that doesn't work. So now try and think of a new way. So the next thing would be, all right, what if we make it uneven and you do like three on one side and five on the other, but that doesn't work either because if the five is the heavy side, now you're going to, so that doesn't work. Right, right. I liked where you're going with um, the first side though. Half and half. Half and half? Oh, what do you mean the first side? Uh, In that last new example. Oh, oh, like making it uneven? Yeah. 
How many well, did I you put on the first the first set? I put five on one. And that was well, I was going to say second, three on the other, but maybe it's not three. Maybe I was going to say you put five on the second scale. So I was trying to point towards what you did the first scale. <laughs> three. Yeah. That's huh. a start. Interesting. Put three on one side. Oh, wow. I don't know. That leaves five left total. Mm-hmm. Do you have to weigh them all together? No, you could do like three and three. Okay, talk that one out. What would happen? So if you do three and three, <laughs> either they weigh the same and you know it's one of the remaining two. Mm -hmm. If one of them is heavier than the other, you know it's one of those three. On, on a side? Three three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on one side. So let's say the scale moves. Okay, now I know it's one of these three. So you, you just, without realizing it, solved one of the scenarios so you said you put three on each side yeah and if they're balanced there's two pills left yeah then you could take those two pills yes put them on the scale and which yes. one's heavier is the pill so you yes. solved one scenario yes great so now what happens though if the you put three on both sides but one side is heavier right that's what i'm saying yeah. right so, so one side's heavier i know it's one of those three on the heavy side correct but now i only can weigh them once more mm -hmm. and there's no way of knowing hmm oh oh you do the same thing yeah <laughs> what, you take is? those three uh-huh and you only put one on one side and one on the other and leave one out wow <laughs> that's a good one that is correct. And if they're balanced, then they're not poisonous. And the one that's not on the scale is the poisonous one. And if it's not, you'll see it on the scale of which one's heavier. So it's that's probably the best riddle we've had. <laughs> you like that one? I thought that's that a was strong one. So clever because it's kind of counterintuitive that you leave some off. But yes. the idea that you get information about them regardless is so right. fascinating to me. Yes, <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those best ones. So just to uh, clarify, because we were kind of talking all over the place, you take, uh, so this is the official answer for you. You take pill one, two, and three and balance against four, five, and six. If they are balanced, place seven and eight on the scale and the heavier one is poisoned. If they are not balanced, take the heavier side and place two of those pills on the scale. If those are balanced, the third pill is the poison pill. Otherwise, the heavier of the two is the poison pill. And that's how you solve it. It's bingo, so cool. bango. It's so Do I get fun. a sound effect or what? Yeah. With a little help, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia time. I know and you're Achilles' heel. And before we go into the trivia, I just wanted to reiterate, like, um, if you have a poison pill and a whole bunch of, like, I'm just figuring out the scenario of how you got all these pills and one of them was poison. <laughs> so, I don't know. Be careful. If you're taking medication, what, read, read the instructions is all I'll say. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all hypothetical. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is not medical advice. Um, I know your Achilles heel is music, but that's where we're going today because it's my area of interest. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's do it. I'm going to give you a... If you had a question about Achilles heels, I would probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> mythology is uh, in my wheelhouse. Maybe next week will be mythology. Okay, maybe. 
But this week you're getting song lyrics and you're going to oh, identify no. the song. Oh, no. this is literally the worst category ever for me. I'm so bad at lyrics. Every time we do pub trivia, the music round's always our worst round. Uh, I know. Is... That's why you need me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we go. All right, let's do it. It's the only round I'm good for. Here's the lyric. Am I more than you bargained for yet? I've been dying to tell you anything you want to hear because that's just who I am this week. All right, you have to pick a song I know. <laughs> you don't even need choices. No, I know. I, I don't know the name of the song. I know oh. the band. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go in name of the song so oh, I can give boy. you the choices yeah, if you give want. Me the choices. I'll know it when I hear it. <laughs> Misery Business. Mm -hmm. My Own Worst Enemy. <laughs> no. Sugar, We're Going Down. Kryptonite. Mm -hmm. All right. So I don't know what the first song is, what band it is, but I could probably even do the bands for the other ones. Okay. Uh, let's see if you can. What was the first one? Misery Business. I don't know that band. Uh, what was the second one? Uh, my Own Worst Enemy. That's lit, I believe, right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sugar, we're going down. That is the correct answer, and that's Fallout Boy. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kryptonite. Three Doors Down? That's correct. All right. What's and misery first? business must be like, um, like garbage or something. I don't know oh, who it is okay. either. Or one of, I don't know. I, I'm not sure who does misery business, but now I want to know. I this is uh, gonna be uh, something I'm gonna admit on the podcast. I believe sugar we're going down. I only know the lyrics from. Well, I know the song before it, but it was a song we covered in my college acapella group. That's awesome. <laughs> I knew that would be kind of a song that you would know. I didn't know if you'd know the lyric though. The genre. Um, it's Paramore, by the way, is Misery Business. Oh, okay. Then Not I Garbage. I do know that song. Yeah, but yeah. There is a group called I like Paramore. Garbage. That, is that probably sounds as, nothing that like Paramore. Well. It, anyway. You just also chose like songs that are in my genre of music that I like. Of, like that well, the of, whole, yeah, the whole yeah. place where I found the questions, they were all sort of in the emo vein. <laughs> yes, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely so. had that pop punk phase in, uh, in high school and it was even in a pop punk band and we did like you know, basement shows and stuff like that. And yep. Uh, oh, it takes me back, man. Every You're once welcome. in a while, I'm not a big karaoke person, but I'll, I'll throw one of those on if I'm forced to do karaoke. Sugar, <laughs> we're going down next time. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would give to see you do that. That would be great. Uh, yeah. Again, if we uh, get a Patreon, maybe a, <laughs> a, bo a bonus. <laughs> How much do I have to give? <laughs> Donate to our Patreon to get that performance <laughs> um, by the way we are still working on that we're gonna figure that out eventually so if you're if you're clamoring to be <laughs> a patron <laughs> for us stay tuned speaking of performances um this is cool we talked about agt already there's some news that came out about the agt live show coming to vegas you know oh yes i did see a little bit of that i saw Whoa. I only saw the uh, the mentalists that they picked uh, ah. for that. So uh, I don't know how accurate any of this is, but there's a list including the clairvoyants, who were kind of mm -hmm. the magic-y act that was um, included. Con congrats to them. I mean, they are they were second place or third place. I think they were a third place finisher one year or second place finisher. Do they do year. places or I don't know. Yeah, and uh, and so, but they've been you know traveling around and they do their own solo show and uh, you know they're based in Europe, uh, so it's you know I know they've done 
U.S. tours as well. So you can see them now in uh, the AGT live show. Who else is in? I don't know anything else. It sounds like a, a really great lineup. You know, America's Got Talent is really taking over Vegas between the solo shows um, by people who have won or haven't won or just been on the show or um, mm-hmm. now a, a, a longer-term residency uh, with sort of a variety of different acts. There is a Danger Act. Um, there is the Silhouettes. Okay, yeah. It's one of those kind of dance troops that ha- performs behind the scrim. Light Balance, I believe. One of the light things. I think it's called Light Balance. I know that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you even remember I mean? which one was in my season. <laughs> no, I think you had I Illuminate, actually. Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they were all very um, nice. I don't mean to like just be dismissive. <laughs> but these are the group things. Let me give you some concrete mm-hmm. stuff here. So the host oh. is Preacher Lawson. Oh, great. That's fun. He's funny. One of the music acts is Cody Lee, who's one mm-hmm. of the most popular acts to ever be on the show, I think. Yeah, and who's always brought up whenever a magician is like, let me have you pick some random contestant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let's see. what else? I'm doing this from memory, by the way, if you haven't been able to tell. Mm-hmm. The Clairvoyance, Cody Lee, Preacher Lawson. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, th- I don't know. I named maybe seven or eight of them. I think that's the, the bulk of what's been announced so and also far. I could be missing one or two. Fairly recent acts within the last yes. several years, it seems. Oh, two more important ones that I forgot. Here we go. I knew I was missing something. <laughs> Whoever wins this season is supposedly going to be there. Okay, so it could be another magic act. And the winner of last season. Brandon Leak. Brandon Leak. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, fun. so I mean, it's a it's it's quite a lineup. It sounds like. Yeah, that does sound good. And where is it again? It's at the Luxor. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So another thing to check out. You can do a whole AGT tour of shows. Start at Matt's, of course. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Or end, or end at Matt's. You know. You got to go to the OG. Sa- save the best for last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, last, whenever it is, just you know, book it in advance. <laughs> And then you can just like hop up and down the strip and see all these AGT acts. And then yeah, can... I mean Terry Fader's back, uh, you know, in a yeah. new room, and mm-hmm. there's all the it, look. It's it's a whole new thing, but I'm excited. I'm I'm definitely gonna go see that show at some point. The uh, the new America's Got Talent show, and it's a a variety style show. It's not competition based. Just for people who are not really familiar with right. what like the format would be, it's a it's a performance. It's a variety show where one act comes out, does its thing. Host the MC comes out. Does some yeah. bits in between, then the next act comes out. Um, traditional vi- variety show, show style, but it's a huge brand, so I would predict that it would do quite well here. Yeah, and who knows? They might be rotating. If it does go successfully, they might be rotating other acts. You could see other people. I uh, would predict that as well. Yeah, well, put it in an envelope and you're a mentalist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, after you do your Vegas AGT tour, you can fly to New York and see me at some of my shows. <laughs> Make it a whole cross-country uh, fair. Uh, but uh, no, that is that is exciting. Maybe we'll go um, because I'm trying to get out to Vegas maybe in October. Uh, now October? What's going on in October? Or is that just a good time? This might be a good time to hang out. And uh, You know that's like literally the best month weather-wise to be in Las Vegas? Is it? 100%. You didn't know this? No. Oh, it's outrageously it great weather. It's outrageously good weather. October and April are the two best months to visit Las Vegas, I think. People yeah. don't know that. 
Yeah. Well, those are great. That, that's good to know. Because I was trying to get out to Vegas, you know, this month, and then, you know, things got crazy. And then also this Delta variant is always just looming over everything now. And who knows what the world's going to be in the fall. And also my, my fall tends to be pretty busy, but I try to at least carve out a little time if I can, you know, make it work and if I can get out and visit and work on you with some stuff. And, uh, and I just I remembered when I talked to you about October, I thought that was September when I had talked to you about coming out. That's why I asked, oh, what's going on in October? <laughs> but you and I had actually talked about you coming out yeah, in October. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were just being coy. And making no, up. not at all. I actually was thinking that we had talked about September, and then I thought you switched to October. Oh, so no. I was like, oh, what's going on in October? Oh, no, Anywho, no, no, no. Definitely sidebar again. September is an even busier month for me. Yeah, so that would be even harder to get out. <laughs> right, right, right. I got gotcha. you. Um, so yeah, so, uh, if, if I'm out there, we can maybe check out, I mean, you might go sooner on the premiere. No, it won't be open then. Oh, when's it open? Uh, I think till maybe the end of the year or next year. Great. Now I got to go back again to Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) It's your life. You come when you want. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump into goals as we wrap it up, Matt. Uh, uh, but, uh, this is, uh, oh man, lots of AGT stuff. Uh, but, uh, you, uh, were working on your photo shoot and dropping the documentary. And then also you wanted to finish thinking fast and slow. How'd you do? documentaries are out obviously just little short docs fun instagram videos part three is coming out today as you're listening to this which is cool um thinking fast and slow well yeah i skipped over the photo shoot because that took all of five minutes by the way <laughs> okay good <laughs> this guy's talented christopher de vargas is his name he's in vegas he co- he works for las vegas magazine he's also done some freelance stuff for for me in the show but he just comes in this was for the magazine he comes in he takes like four or five photos and then he's out and that's it. Mm. And they just they he just knows what he's doing. He gets it. And uh, anyway, thinking fast and slow, I finished it. Really excited about that. Great, that's awesome. Started the Seinfeld book now. Oh, let me know how I have it. I haven't cracked it open yet. <laughs> I've had it for months and I hadn't cracked it open yet either. Um, very, uh, just at the beginning now, maybe ten or twenty pages in and. Uh, already enjoying it it already inspired me to got, buy another book oh, so like one? he references a book that inspired him oh, when so he for, was young so people know this one's called uh is this anything by jerry that Seinfeld, is correct his latest one yeah that is correct and uh and so what what book inspired him when he was younger that you bought? uh i can't remember what it was called i just <laughs> like i i i saw the title of it and just immediately went on ebay and picked it up it was like it's i eBay, can't think of it wow not you're just like i want a deal I always go to eBay for books, <laughs> okay, cool. especially if they're old books. Sure. You don't yeah, know if yeah. they're in print or what. Right, so right. I, 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 I do check eBay often for like, especially obscure books. I don't know if this one's mm-hmm. obscure. I'll, I'll, I'll try to pull up the title for the next episode. But, um, and also a movie called Lenny, which stars Dustin Hoffman playing Lenny Bruce. Sure, yeah. Movie from back in the 70s. I, I'm going to watch that as well. Yeah, Luke, Lenny Bruce is such a fascinating character. And uh, if you're... Uh, watching any of the the marvelous miss Maisel on amazon lenny bruce is a character oh cool i only watched episode one of that and then i just never happened to get back to it yeah so that's great so your goal is to uh finish reading the sign or work on reading the yeah yeah continue continue through that um i've also been really i've been heavy on the socials lately uh, Instagram in particular, I've been like, you know, getting a lot of content out there with that. So uh, I want to see where I'm at next week when we're recording. I'd like to be in the same place I am now in terms of the uh, um, um, 
amount, uh, volume of, of what I'm putting out there. So yeah, we can keep going with that too. Great. Fantastic. I had now for uh, you. simple goals of uh, continuing to clear the clutter off my desk and uh, sort of did that, but I mostly got into like a different like cleaning fit around my apartment. So it was still productive, even though I still haven't tackled my desk per se. Uh, and then I also wanted to finish reading a mentalism book. I made headway through it, uh, but man, I, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Uh, reading ebooks is, seems harder for me for some reason. Uh, and I get tired more quickly. Maybe it's staring at the screen or just the formatting of it. But having a physical book, I feel like I can get through that much quicker a lot of the times. But this is a this is an ebook I'm reading, which I, I won't go into the, the name of it because uh, the thing that really fascinates me in, in part of how some of the method works is like all this math and matrixy stuff. And it's like really making my head spin and some of the possibilities that you could do with it. But uh, but maybe because of the dense subject matter and just the glow of the screen, I'm like, I can only do a couple chapters at a time, which, by the way, is better than what I was doing when, you know, I was just like not able to focus on anything. So little steps uh, to get through it. I'm happy about. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is uh, do you do the ebook stuff? What do you prefer how to how to read your especially like magic content? Because there's so many ebooks and stuff like that that are out. I don't do ebooks uh, for long reading. Um, mm -hmm. If it's like a magic thing and it's like, you know, one effect within a publication or something. Okay, or if it's a sample of a book that I might want to read, okay, but I don't do long form reading on the ebook. Um, do you have like a Kindle or are you talking iPad? I'm just reading it straight off the computer, my laptop. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Mm -mm. But I would be, I don't have a Kindle, so I know that the, the e ink kind of having that contrast where it's not a glowing screen per se is, right. uh, is much better for right. you. But I, if I were to switch to ebook, it would be on my, you know, on a device. It would, I only got a, a iPad or a, or my iPhone, so I don't right. think it would be much different, you know. No, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like the glow of the iPad for me, um, it's just it's just too much. I can only do it in short form. So yeah. for me, I I prefer the old school text. I know it's old school, but even even compared to audiobooks, I don't know. There's also just something about like holding it and like you know i take like, notes, man. Yeah, taking notes. I put in tabs. Like I have a whole yeah. little tab kit where I like. Ooh. Yeah, so like I actually like so I don't necessarily have to write in the book. I'll write things on tabs and stick them in there, and I fill mm -hmm. up these books with things that I can easily like leaf back to, leaf back to. You know, sure. what I mean. yeah. Do you do, you do that though? Because I find myself taking notes, and sometimes I'm like, well, I took the notes, and I think just the process of taking notes sometimes helps me remember it. Of course, because you're actually physically writing things down, but oftentimes I'm like. I'm going to go revisit it. And then I seldom do. Sometimes it feels, you know, it's fair to say seldom, but I do. Okay, cool. I do cool, refer cool. back to it. It's like when you need it, it's there. And that's yeah. so yeah. good. Um, usually I'm only sticking in tabs when it's something I think I'm probably going to go back to. And if I don't go back to it, what's the sacrifice I made? I wrote something down and stuck a sticker in a book. I mean, who cares? Yeah. But if yeah. I do need to find it and there's a little tab that says, here's the section on blah, blah, blah then right. I'm very thankful that I didn't have to spend two hours trying to find it. Yeah, you know? and, th and then it's like time traveling. You're like, thanks, past Matt, for helping me out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I even do ancillary notes. So I'll do like margin notes, and then I'll yeah. transcribe them into a notebook. 
Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I tend to take notes like on my laptop or on my phone a lot. So it's mm-hmm. like I just have it because I like the ability to be able to search, uh, you know, on my notes app and they could just right. type in something. And it's like, totally. oh, these are all the notes I have. Uh, and having it, I, I should organize them <laughs> in some way at some point into like a larger doc or something like that. But um, I, I've been using Evernote. I think we talked about Evernote mm-hmm. uh, like one of our first episodes. And uh, that's nice because I can at least categorize some of these random thoughts into different notebooks. And those are a little bit easier to find, but it's still got a search function. Uh, but it, it's interesting because I also wanted to talk about this. One of my goals this week uh, is to, one, keep reading the book and keep doing the, the cleaning stuff. That'll be the ongoing goal like you had in your office for <laughs> a long time. <laughs> clear the clear the cut, clutter out and everything like that. But uh, I want to actually, you know, I'm I'm now in a better headspace where I want to start writing a lot more and like actually carve out the time to do so. Like, you know, even if like I go to a coffee shop and just sit down for an hour and force myself to like almost have these quote office hours to just like write jokes or write, you know, a show I'm writing on or something because it's like it's always in the back of my mind that I've been writing now just when things hit me. Mm-hmm. And it's but it's not a scheduled thing. So I want to actually schedule time this next week to actually sit down and oh that's cool i love that goal yeah yeah i uh i'm very guilty of misplacing like or or never looking back at notes i do digitally i use the notes app all the time Mm -hmm. and i'll go i'll somehow stumble across (laughs) something like an idea i had in like 2015 and i'll be like oh i forgot all about this i haven't seen this in six years so (laughs) that's why i do like the you know handwritten notes physical notebooks which can also be misplaced so i'd like to have digital copies of that stuff too but um yeah scheduling time to like make sure you're working on stuff whether it's like um anything i mean that could be sitting down and writing that could be practicing something that could be mindfulness i mean scheduling time is sometimes uh a really important life skill set but i i should do more of it Really? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just uh, it's one of those things is where you get in the habit. You know, sometimes the inspiration is not always going to hit you when you're sitting down, but at least uh, you're sitting down to do the task. Uh, that was one of the uh, master classes I took was, uh, you know, Dan Brown was writing uh, his novels and he said he can he can be upset at himself. Uh, he can't be upset at himself if he's not able to produce produce within his time, but he can be upset with himself if he doesn't sit down at his desk at the time he wanted because it's just having that consistency. And eventually, mm-hmm. you know, the, you're kind of training yourself to put even a, even a little bit of output is better than no output because and you can't get that output if you're not showing up. So you right. got to show up. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's I think a, a, a lofty goal that I'll try to keep myself to. Uh, but Matt, we got plugs. You got any shows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 150 shows on sale right now. Probably a couple hundred more coming out soon for 2022 dates just around the corner. Um, but right now, just through the rest of the year, we're on sale here in Las Vegas at the Link Hotel and Experience Magic Reinvented Nightly. Get your tickets on Ticketmaster.com or wherever you shop for your Vegas tickets. Uh, it's a good time to to come on out and enjoy. We've been locked in the house for a year and a half. Come on, let's let's do it. That's fantastic. You? Yeah, I've got a bunch of uh, college shows, and the the policy with these college shows is they're 
tend to be for the college students there. Uh, so if you are a college student at any of these schools, uh, please come out and see me perform. I'd love to see you. Uh, these are all in person, which is very fun uh, as well. And if you're in the area, I know there's been some situations. If you're not a college student, you can like contact the school sometimes and like be like, is it cool if I show up or or you can kind of you can figure out a way if you really are dying to see a, a show. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of situations working colleges yeah. uh, back in the day where I I mean you know some it depends because sometimes the school wants it specifically to be just for their students, but right. I would say maybe the other fifty percent of the time they're okay with people in the community coming as well so it really depends yeah and and sometimes too it's like you know a family event weekend too so if you're a family family member of a college student you can clearly go too uh, right if that's the case but uh dates i've got coming up uh a lot in august i'll just do yeah a few in august here in september uh, uh i'll be posting these on my social media too so you can check them out on the 18th next week i'm at stony brook on the 21st i'm in stonehill uh, the 26th is probably happening, but we'll find out <laughs> soon. The 28th, I'm at University of Scranton. The 30th, I'm at UMass Lowell. Uh, the 1st of September, I'm at Regis College. The Dude. 4th, I'm at Suffolk. Someone uh, call this guy's agent and say thank you for crying out loud. The 9th, I'm at University of Montevallo. The 13th, I'm at Drexel. The 14th, I'm at Sacred Heart. And the 17th, I am at University of Delaware. And I'll do one. Oh, I've got a private show. And then um, the 25th, I'm at Loyola. So it's uh, a busy start to the fall season for me. <laughs> and uh, I'm just thrilled to be back on the road again and doing shows in person. Uh, still offering the virtual stuff as well, if that is uh, more your cup of tea. And maybe everything gets switched back there, depending on how this Delta variant goes. But uh, again, I'm just pumped to be performing again so. ah, i love seeing a stacked fall schedule uh coming out especially after this past year and a half that we've had that's awesome and i love hearing a lot of those i know i recognize those because i used to book your shows a <laughs> yeah, lot of those are repeat clients those. a lot of those are repeat clients which mm -hmm. are uh which is really the best sign which is cool sacred heart is that do you know who does the booking there is that still steve uh it's it's I've well, you done don't know because your agent handles it right well i've done that literally done that school like more than twice a year, <laughs> right? You know, for the past several years, and I think there's been several changes throughout. I see. But, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going back like <laughs> yeah. going back like nine years, just assuming the same guy works there. It's funny in the college market, like a lot of times, like a job will open at a school, and just everyone kind of does musical chairs and rotates around. Yeah, 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 too. yeah. So you yeah. see the same, you know, bookers and you know clients and wonderful people. Uh, so. Uh, absolutely yeah so and those are just the ones that i have booked i'm sure more will be coming in as well uh but yeah man i tip of the iceberg that's so a great happy, start so happy to be back <laughs> absolutely so great hanging um, with you today thanks yeah. for chatting and if you've got any comments you want to write into us um email us mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com follow us like uh the deceased vincent van gogh at mind magic pod <laughs> on all our social media <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah definitely tell a friend uh we always love the reviews if your podcast app has reviews uh that helps uh get us out there uh and uh we'll talk magic we'll talk agt and uh if you've got any questions just write us in and we'll we'll shoot us uh we'll we'll give you some answers as well i know you've been doing some of that on your instagram it'd be fun to get some um some oh, questions yeah. here too so
But this is a blast, Matt. Uh, live life for the cast for next week. <laughs> I will be. Episode 59 is going to be coming at you strong. I've got some fun surprises for it, so we'll oh, see you then. Very fun. All right, great. Can't wait. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.